Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Well, hello, Delora. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm going to speak in my Miranda Priestly voice (laughs) for this episode. (laughs) I am absolutely here for this, by the way. Um, (laughs) I don't think I can maintain it. (laughs) I've been saying that's all literally all day. So, yes. I'm here for it. Well, if you don't know by now, we are recapping TVT, The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yeah. This movie came out in 2006. Wow. 16 years ago. It is a dramedy, an hour and 46 minutes, rated PG-13, and it's currently available on Amazon. Here's a quick summary. Andy. Anne Hathaway is a recent college graduate with big dreams. Upon landing a job at the prestigious Runway magazine, she finds herself the assistant to diabolical editor Miranda Priestley, Meryl Street, and he questions her, her ability to survive her grim tour as Miranda's whipping girl without getting scorched. This movie stars the Meryl Streep as Miranda Priestley, Anne Hathaway as Andy Seth, Adrian Greiner as Nate, Stanley Tucci as Nigel, Emily Blunt as Emily. This is like my introduction to her, by the way, and I think Same. many others. Tracy Thomas as Lily and Simon Baker as Christian Thompson. This movie was directed by David Frankel. He's directed quite a bit. Some of our favorite shows like Sex and the City, the movie Marley and Me, Collateral Damage, and more recently, Inventing Anna and The Baker and the Beauty. So he has a fun eye, apparently. And the screenwriter would be Elaine Brosh McKenna and Don Ross. Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie 75% by critics, 76% by audience and google users gave it 91 percent ashley what's your grade for the devil wears prada oh it's an a this movie (laughs) still brings me enormous joy is one of my all-time favorites i don't not have a lot of dvds anymore this is still one that sits under my television stand i quote it to this day Meryl Streep was impeccable in this role. I will absolutely wear that hairstyle she wore someday. Emily Blunt, to your point, was a force. Stanley yes. Tucci, I adore and probably yes. quote him the most from this movie. And then Same. Anne Hathaway was basically me at Thermopolis 2.0. And I was here for it. I so that as well. Thank you for saying that. Those are my thoughts. It's an A. What about you? All right, Ashley. So I gave this movie an A-. minus. The reason for the minus has a lot to do with how it deals with today's 
issues, like looking at it through today's lenses Mm -hmm. and their commentary about body image, I felt was, was difficult to swallow in today's um, light. But overall, the way I cackled rewatching this movie, <laughs> the, I mean, unfortunately, some of the funnier parts were jokes about, you know, body image and size, the way Stanley Tucci called her six, because in their previous conversation, she was like, I'm a size six. He was like, yeah, which means you're the new 14. I'm like, yo, told yo. her cellulite <laughs> was one of the main ingredients in Corn chowder. chowder. I mean, is someone did someone eat an onion bagel? I mean, so many moments where he shamed her for eating like a human being and being be below even the normal size of most women is um crazy. But I think the grace I always give this movie is this is the high fashion industry. Yes, yes, tip tip top. Yes, and at that time there weren't any. Ashley Graham's or Lizzo's no body inclusivity or, like or that. precious I forget her last name but she's gorgeous full breasted full body model which I appreciate because sometimes I'm like somebody needs girlies okay who can design for the girls I'm referring to titties okay so <laughs> listen y'all can donate if the day comes y'all can donate <laughs> Help I will them. gladly give an offering. Help those of us in the itty bitty titty committee out. Okay? So that's the only reason why this movie is getting an A minus because I, I did decide to judge it based off today's standards. But without further ado, spoiler alert, this wonderful pop culture phenomenon came into our lives June 2006. And what I love about going back in some of these TVTs is some of the music that you hear from it. And it opens up with KT Toonstale's bop, Suddenly I See. That was my jam in college, by the way. Mm. And, and to see it in the movie, it just brought me so much joy. Essentially, the movie starts off, we have our star, Andy, getting ready for this job interview, but we have all these other beautiful young ladies getting ready for the morning. And we see a stark contrast between what's prioritized in terms of the outfits down to the underwear. Okay. My question to you, Ashley, is what does your morning routine look like? (laughs) (laughs) These days, girl, I'm definitely more um, Andy than I am the glamour girls because I work from home. So I definitely do not, unless I have to go to an event or go somewhere to be presentable, there's no makeup, there's no pomp and circumstance. A lot of times I'm working before I even get a chance to shower because as soon as I hop on my phone in the morning, there are usually messages and emails to address. So as long as I can take a minute to kind of get my mind, I guess it's more to me mental preparation absolutely, and and physical preparation than in the sense of like, I want to get my tea, I want to kind of have a minute to digest and ease myself into my day than about my physical presentation at this point in time yes spoken like a grown-ass woman Ah. (laughs) and to your point my routine is around the same although I need to make more time for my affirmations and those mental deposits to get ready for the day. I'm very intentional about that more now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because honestly, since having Amara, 
I have made her the priority of the morning, making sure she's together and now in school out the door. But the selflessness of parents, we appreciate (laughs) y'all. Yeah. And so I, I thought this laid the perfect groundwork to show us how far away Andy truly is when it comes to the world of fashion. She has an interview at Runway, as I mentioned in the summary, is a prestigious fashion magazine comparable to The Vogue. And we find out very quickly that this role has high turnover. The editor-in-chief, Miranda, is very demanding. We get a glimpse of her power as she arrives to the to the magazine offices. The part that takes me out every time in this particular scene is the girl who was already on the elevator. Yeah. She got out and said, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Takes me out every time, Ashley. That's power. Girl, we meet Emily, played by the great Emily Blunt. We know that she's her current assistant. We find out that Miranda is completely no nonsense because... She says this at one point that had me rolling is Emily wasn't able to do something. And so Miranda said, details of your incompetence does not interest me. Crazy. Can you imagine being talked to like that by your supervisor? Girl. On a daily basis. Daily basis. Andy's interview with Miranda wasn't going so well, but... Andy had that grit and she was able to speak for herself. She said that she's a recent grad and she's excited, you know, to learn. And Miranda decided to give her a chance. But the shade she was getting from everybody before she even got a chance to open her mouth. You didn't know about me or the magazine and you have no interest in fashion. I think that depends on. No, no, no. That wasn't a question. And then Stanley Tucci are we doing a who is that sad little person are we doing a before and after piece i don't know about the shade for andy just daring to not come in here in high fashion was just crazy to me just out the gate i mean everybody was looking at her like girl you're in the wrong place i don't know i don't know what type of joke this is so my question to you ashley is do you think it's better to go into an environment not having any knowledge or expectations or is it better to be prepared it's absolutely better to be prepared I think one of the biggest things that I have not against Andy when I've watched it as I've gotten older but just one of the things I notice is she was quite flippant about this opportunity at the end of the day this was still huge major opportunity to get into a very huge fashion magazine and yes. I don't think that she gave it the respect that it deserved even yes. initially coming in without knowing who you're interviewing with How do you not know the name of the person who is the head that you will be interviewing with? There was complete lack of preparation. Now, did I do that in my younger years one time? Sure, because I had applied for a job at Barnes and Noble and there were things that (laughs) I should have gone into Barnes and Noble knowing Mm -hmm. if I was serious about getting this job, but I wasn't. In this capacity, she talked about the fact that she had applied everywhere. She's trying to be a journalist. But you got into a magazine. So you you could write for this magazine if you took this really seriously. Yeah, if she was a little bit more st- strategic in her approach. Yeah, because I, it definitely came off as arrogant. Another prime example, 
didn't know how to spell Gabbana. <laughs> they hung up on her too. She's like, how do you spell that? And then when she just referred to what they did as stuff, and we got the epic read oh of my Cerulean Sol- Blue. When I tell you, Ashley, I had to look at what, what shade of blue that really was because the way that Miranda read Andy for filth mm-hmm. was epic. She didn't, she didn't care. And to me, she, it showed a lack of respect for, again, the opportunity. Like, even if this to you was just a stepping stone, the least you could have done was a basic search and understanding. You're a journalist. That's what journalists do. Research. That's well said, coming from a journalist, right? So <laughs> Thank you. Would you. Know. <laughs> you would know. Thank you. But Ashley, before we get into whether it's important to adapt, to your environment or not let's talk about miranda's treatment of her staff she doesn't take time to know anybody's names she referred to andy as emily for quite some time um there's these unrealistic expectations when andy was unable to book a flight in the middle of a hurricane and that was another read as well let's not get into that and the way that the actual Emily flaunted having a freaking 20 minute lunch versus a 15 minute lunch and the ability to go to the restroom. What are your thoughts about Miranda? Is it, is it better to be feared than it is to be loved? You'd have to ask in a winter. It seems to me like in this <laughs> environment, she's been able to do her job effectively because she instills such fear i don't know if there is a great example of in this environment at least of seeing what that looks like if you're not a miranda Priestley type of person but certainly to me there were things that she went above and beyond like i think when andy said the thing about she's not happy unless everybody around her is nauseous ang- anxious and suicidal like that's a different level, right? You're making everyone around you not just fearful, but like miserable. You know what I mean? And it's only because these people love this industry that they put up with your shit. So as a leader, she to me was insufferable. I don't think I could have lasted under that style of leadership whatsoever. But I think thankfully she's in an industry that people are so diehard for and live and breathe for that they excuse her behavior. And let's face it, at the end of the day, she was damn good at her job. And that, yeah, just like we've talked about with Steve Jobs' leadership style, when you're effective, it kind of ends up, it is what it is. Yeah, that's well said. So. I think the issue that I was also having with her treatment of her staff or leadership staff is the fact that she blurred office task with home task or personal task. Like to me, I'm like, there has to be some type of line, right? Well, like, I I'm think, getting your dog and your laundry. I think you can get away with that when people are assistants. Even think about like assistants to celebrities and things like that. I think there's definitely a blurring between people, what the task they have them do from a work perspective, possibly versus personal. So maybe that's the the level you can get away with it when you have an assistant yeah. type of role. But I mean, certainly she pushed them above and beyond, had them 
up at all hours, had them yes. out at all hours, had them doing things that could have been dangerous. Like when she had her check the brakes on her freaking car, Yep, all sorts of situations. And then she was never, you know, I could even see if she, as much as hard as she was on people was also loved on people and they did a good job there was none of that there was never a positive never. affirmation except for to stanley tucci's character he was the only yeah. one that she would dote on from time to time and it's probably because he's been there the longest i can exactly guarantee that it's almost like he was the uh, andre leon tally he was absolutely the andre leon tally to, to anna wintour character yeah, absolutely so Andy, despite drowning in her role, again, doing all of these outlandish requests and things along those lines, she is committed to at least spending a year with Miranda as her assistant in efforts to help her resume. So as I mentioned before, when she failed to book a private jet during a hurricane, this was during her dad's visit um, from Ohio. <laughs> OH. <sighs> we're not doing that Ashley. <laughs> you've been in Ohio for how many years now for playing you can it's give me an io on occasion it will never <laughs> keep going <laughs> miranda did the whole speech of i hired a girl who was smart and fat again soul crushing read to where andy went to nigel for refuge and he's like quit and she was like what do you mean quit and he was like you haven't even been trying i was glad to see this uh part of a conversation because as you know i know what it's like to be in a work environment that can be a bit insufferable but it is it is worth taking another look or a different perspective of being like okay am i doing everything within my power to make this situation work and that's what he did with her. He's like, you don't even respect the power that this magazine and, and Miranda has. He's like, until you are able to embrace that, you haven't done everything you could do. Here comes the epic, epic makeover. Mm -hmm. Were you impressed by this transformation? Absolutely. The Chanel boots. Absolutely classic Anne Hathaway at the time to me was getting this killer makeover again coming from the Princess Diaries world love the bangs I also love that you see the change immediately in the posture and in the swag that she comes was with very this swaggy absolutely I'm glad you said that because I wrote that in my notes too especially once we get later in the movie oh her her walk yeah change you can tell her nothing okay? and my favorite look of the montage when she comes and starts dressing differently that chocolate leather trench coat was everything yeah. i was a fan of the bangs and the eyeliner i'm like yes all of this thank you nigel did good he did very well Again, even though he was talking about her size, giving her a freaking tunic, talking about you'll wear whatever I give you. And you'll like it. I need Nigel to dress me, though. Like, these opportunities we need. Like, she didn't appreciate as much as we would have. <laughs> so after this epic makeover, um, Miranda 
had started inviting Andy to sit on sit in on a preview with a designer. This one in particular is by uh, James Holt. Nigel informs Andy of the telltales of Miranda when it comes to whether or not she likes the collection. So one nod is good, two nods really good, and the pierced lips is like pure annihilation. Catastrophe. When I tell you I didn't get Meryl Streep until this movie, the things this woman can do with her face, the, the scene when she turned her head and pierced her lips, I was like, yo, let's talk about the great Meryl Streep. First of all, the fact that she got nominated for an Oscar for this role, no one in Hollywood would have been able to do anything like that. For this role? She's Meryl Streep. I don't know what else to say. It literally took me watching this movie and then seeing her in the hours and then seeing her in Bridges in Madison County where she played an Italian woman. I was like, oh, I get it. Like, because, you know, some people it's all hype. But sometimes it takes you to be able to see it. And this role definitely did that for me. Meryl Streep is one of the actors that completely disappears into a role for me. Like some people have their tics, they have their quirks, they have their things that translate yes. from character to character. Or some people just always play the same person. Yes. The range of this woman, the disappearing of this woman, she is a force so with the increase in responsibility for andy she was finally requested to drop off the book at miranda's town house the number one rule is to not be seen right drop her stuff off and go into the night her very first drop off andy she goes upstairs because of those twins. I didn't trust those little girls, by the way. Did you? No, but this was Emily's fault. She gave poor direction. Touche. And Annie goes up those stairs and finds Miranda fighting with her husband and the death stare. I, I Again, the facial expressions from the pierced lips to the way she looked at Andy's flat shoes earlier in that movie <laughs> and said that's all i felt a hole burning in my heart then as well her whole outfit though was trash i don't know why you just pointed out them shoes that was my thing when stanley she even brought her to heels i'm like you should have brought her a whole fit like it is not just the shoes baby sorry <laughs> Sorry, Andy. Again, he, when she dropped the court chowder on her sweater, he's like, oh, I'm sure there's more Polly. Polly blend where that came from. Where that came from. And he's like, yes, you're you're a part of a multi-billion dollar industry. Yes, it's all about inner beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Tucci is the best. The best. Miranda was so pissed off that she gave Andy the impossible task of getting her stake and getting her twin daughters the unpublished book seven of the Harry Potter series. Why didn't she just fire that girl? Because she wanted to humiliate her. She thought this was going to be the best way to show her that she's not hot shit as she thinks she is. Because remember, that's her main thing is, oh, you you can do anything, right? So it yeah. was like, I want to, I want to, 
humble and humiliate you and then fire you. But I almost wondered as I watched it this time, was this her idea or was this this the twins' idea? Because they, to me, were that <laughs> mischievous that this may have been their idea. Well, I, I always felt like they got it from their mother, frankly. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Andy was able to outwit Miranda's impossible task by connecting with one Christian Thompson who was able to, he essentially had the plug (laughs) and was able to get not only one copy, but she was able to make three copies, two for the twins on the, on the train and one for Miranda herself. She was speechless. She truly was. Um, That was a fun part of the movie, how she was able to essentially play fire with fire with Miranda. Absolutely. I've just, you know, Christian, he definitely was planning on getting a little something, something for that favor. That's all I was thinking. I'm glad that you said that because it really, he definitely came off as that type of guy. Was not innocent. I scratched your back really good. I need for you to scratch mine. I got those vibes 1,000%. He wanted you to scratch something. (laughs) Let's go ahead and talk about Andy's relationship with her boyfriend. Um, The true villain of this film. Not the true villain. That's what, in subsequent years, that's what people say. They call Nate the true villain of this film. He could have definitely been supportive. So we we meet him. They're both, you know, young people trying to find their way in their um, respective industries. He's, you know, looking to be a chef. She's looking to be a journalist in New York City. He was very supportive of her initially. But it seemed like that support kind of waned with her job. As you mentioned earlier, phones ringing constantly at all hours of the night. Her being out due to different events. The event that broke the Campbell's back was a benefit where Andy missed his birthday. Can you expound more on him being a villain? Because I actually never heard that. So I think people are saying he's the villain because he is the, the real cause of the headache and frustration, possibly to a certain extent that Andy ended up having to deal with because of the stress on her personal life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think had he been supportive throughout, it would have been easier to manage possibly some of the other stresses that she had to deal with. But I also think, you know, I still have a little bit kinder eyes for Nate. And to your point, they are young, they're figuring it out. You know, they're fresh out of, I think, college, culinary school, wherever they are. And they're, you know, navigating the city. But I think what gets me still about Nate is Nate, to me, was immature in his reactions and responses. Mm. There wasn't enough conversation to me about things like she missed your birthday and she still brings you a cupcake, apologize all this. Like, yeah, it's work. Yeah. Everybody has work obligations at times that they're not able to get out of. And then also there was a end game to this. Yes. There was an end date there was that she had in mind. I could see if this was the long haul and y'all are going to have to navigate through this for years. She had one year on it. I feel like that's one of the differences I see between men and women sometimes is that support when you're in the trenches and you have to get through and you need to do what you need to do for yourself and for your career to thrive. And he could not set that aside for a year. Yeah, but she did say she was going to quit. 
um, initially when she didn't think she was going to get those Harry Potter books. So I wonder if he felt jerked around, but I agree with you wholeheartedly though. That was a moment of, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make this work. So she's going to end up firing me. He even said, then he was celebrating like, oh great, you're free. You should be rooting for her to get through this, supporting her, being her backbone that she needs you to be in those moments so that she can get this one year in and get her dream job. Like, it, what bothered me at certain points in this movie is the way everybody tried to make it seem like Andy had changed so much as a human being. Andy sipped yeah. the Kool-Aid a bit, but Andy never turned into this monstrous person, in my opinion. Yes, the mm-hmm. Emily thing ended up being fucked up later, but... Yeah. There was definitely opportunity for her to be approached differently than I feel like she was approached by Nate and her friends. That's me personally. Mm. This is my 30-something-year-old self-talking and also somebody who takes work very seriously. So I'm not going (laughs) to go at people because they're doing what they have to do for their careers. Yeah, that's real. Very real. Let's go ahead and talk about Paris. We found out earlier in the film that... Paris Fashion Week is essentially the holy grail in the fashion world. Emily was ecstatic to be the first assistant because the assumption was she was going to be going on this trip. Unfortunately, a couple of things started going against Emily in terms of... So with Andy's rise, Emily was falling just a little bit. She unfortunately got sick and... She was supposed to be the only assistant at the benefit that I talked about um, just a minute ago. Miranda was like, I'm going to need both of y'all on this because Emily wasn't up for the task. And and unfortunately, she wasn't because she was sick. But the fact that she didn't feel comfortable enough to take a freaking sick day is a telltale of the work environment that Miranda created as well. Yeah. During one of the, the book drop-offs, Miranda essentially told Andy, I want you to be the one to go to Paris with me. And Andy immediately was like, no, I could never do that to Emily. And to me, this is the twist in the back that I was like, this woman is evil. Andy reconciled going to Paris and then Miranda tells her that she has to tell Emily. I'm like, are you freaking serious? Do it now, she said. Do it now. Ashley and poor Emily got hit by a car. What's the deal with the early odds and people getting hit by cars? We just talked about this with me and girls. I think it was just in this case, the physical manifestation of the car she was about to get hit with, with this news, right? Emily had been starving herself. When she said, I am one stomach flu away from meeting my goal weight. And we don't even know how long, because Emily had been the second assistant initially, we don't even know how long Emily's been working for Miranda all this time, plotting on this opportunity. And so it's not like, again, it's kind of messed up on Andy's part, but it's completely effed up on um, Miranda's part to do this, Emily, because the way I saw it, Emily made things happen that were out of Emily's control that made her propel Andy upwards. She got sick. And couldn't remember one person's name. She had been by your side that whole night. Couldn't remember one person's name. Yeah. Deduction. You know what I mean? And yes, Andy was great at her job. But at the same time, Emily, to me, probably has put in the grind for a long time and proved herself. And I put in my notes, it felt like a backhanded compliment to Andy. Like, as we know, she didn't hand out compliments, but 
in some ways she was telling Andy, I see you, but I need for you to backstab the closest person you work with <laughs> for this coveted spot. Oh, it was gross. So now so granted, gross. one could say Emily wouldn't have hesitated to do that to Andy. No. But not at all. Andy is different and is supposed to be a nicer person and recognize how unfair that that is to Emily. Because I mean it's it in a the doggy dog world we live in, and especially like corporate America and stuff, yeah. it'll be nothing to most people. Nothing. Yeah. We are in Paris. A lot of stuff has happened up until this point. Andy replaced Emily. Emily's in the hospital anyway. So it's not like she would have been able to really go. Uh, Andy broke up with her boyfriend. And Miranda is, you know, Queen B on the outside. But underneath it all, her life is crumbling around her. Her husband is interested in getting a divorce. There's a lot of pressure going on in terms of office politics when it comes to essentially replacing her. She has been around a long time and she's expensive and management is interested in replacing her with Jacqueline, um, the young potential new editor-in-chief. We get an idea of this because newly single Andy met up with Chris Jen and he went ahead and got his back scratched. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I didn't enjoy him in this role. No, he was sleazy. He sleazy. was very sleazy because I adore him in something new. Like when I tell you that is one of my favorite movies. I love a man who's good with his hands. And just obsessed with his woman and like that chemistry between him and Sanaa was just peak mm -hmm. peak I fell in love with you know architecture and <laughs> landscaping landscaping <laughs> yes! off of that movie um I say that because I'm like oh this is such a different lens to view him in and he was ready for the coup he had a mock-up of the new magazine cover with Jacqueline at the helm. And he was going to have full full control over editorial content um, in the magazine as well. Andy was like, no way this could happen to Miranda. And Miranda was not hearing any of it. Also, Do I smell freezes? <laughs> like, she was just, she ain't miss a beat. <laughs> insufferable Nigel is celebrating because he is going to be living runway for James Holt a fashion house which was a big deal for him but this all come crashing down over one speech during dinner where Miranda essentially gave Nigel's role to Jacqueline and she maintained her power as editor-in-chief I put in my notes this is some Game of Thrones shit. Like, <laughs> how everything went down. We saw that she was wielding her power, had a list of designers and photographers and models who would leave and would not work with Runway if they try to overthrow her. And she also, you know, dangled the carrot 
uh, in front of Jacqueline's face to work with James Holt because it was more money for her. But in the process, she royally screwed over Nandol. That interaction between him and Andy when he said, She'll pay me back. She'll pay me back. And Andy was like, You really think so? He's like, No, but I have to hope. That broke my heart. I think that uh, Nigel really thought that their relationship was to the extent where they were actually friends and not to say that I don't I don't think that Miranda cares for him in a work capacity but she's she's her number one right she's not going to sacrifice herself for the sake of him getting this opportunity because she was playing chess this is also reminiscent of the real life relationship between Andre Leontelli and Anna Wintour she in his documentary talked about how invaluable he was for his historical understanding of fashion and, you know, being extremely knowledgeable and great at his job. But as we all know, with his last memoir, he really went in on Anna thinking that they were friends and that their relationship was more than what it was. And I, I thought that was interesting and worth mentioning. So well, this book, this movie is based off the book that Anna Wintour's former assistant wrote, correct? Yeah. Yep. 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 So, Facts. yeah. So basically, the movie concludes with Miranda giving Andy the 411 of all the things that had just happened. She essentially said that we are the same. She's like, You remind me of myself. And Andy's like, No. And she's like, You just did this to Emily. What's the freaking difference? And she's like, Everybody wants to be us. And Andy was like, no, what do we say to death? Not today. Not today. She walked out that car, dropped that phone in the pond and said, deuces. What I did appreciate was when Andy did get a job interview with the New York Mirror. He was like, you didn't last a year. What happened? And sh she was trying to cover up the <laughs> cover up the fact that she had to leave abruptly and she got a glowing recommendation from Miranda. That was absolutely heartwarming. She also sent an olive branch to Emily, giving her clothes that she had gotten from Paris. And we got, this scene was unnecessary for me, but <laughs> Andy and Miranda saw each other in these streets. And Miranda, of course, I like she didn't see her. So... What are your final thoughts on the devil wears Prada? You didn't bring up her reconciliation potentially with Nate. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the least exciting part of the conclusion. Uh, it's there, but I just kind of jumped over it. Well, my question was just, is she moving to Boston? Because I'm not for that. Like, we can, I guess we're going to try to make this long distance work. So this is why there isn't a sequel, Ashley. Mm, okay. I'm, I'm joking. My, <laughs> my final thoughts again, I, I loved it. I wasn't sure if I was going to rewatch this for a second recap because I'm like, oh, I know the Devil Wears Prada. You know what I'm saying? But I still watched it again. Still loved it. Again, it brings me joy. The incomparable Meryl Streep, this performance is just undeniable. And yeah i mean what can i say it, it's in my top tier list and it can it will continue to be and i'm so glad stanley tucci is doing better because he is a gem of a human being in these roles 
such a love gem. him so much from easy a from all the the ones love we love him, him and his a. humor and his wit just slay me so and i, just I remember love he played never wears prada she he played meryl streep's husband again in julia in julia yep julie and yeah. julia yep this is as i mentioned a pop culture phenomenon the fact that i'm still cackling today says a lot about the the wit and how smart the writing is was what have you there's a musical out there <laughs> in these streets it's not doing very well i'm looking at the new york post and the title says panned double worst prada musical is seeking a massive makeover so they had a run in chicago recently but the overall reviews were not great so Elton John is behind some of the music and lyrics and they're currently going to be overhauling it. So we'll see what that's going to ultimately look like. But yes, I do feel like this movie means more to me as an adult than it did when I was in college when it came out initially, because having worked in a toxic work environment, I'm like, oh, this isn't fun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't wish this on anyone. And I'm like, I understand the bargaining of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a year. You know, I, this still can help my resume. (laughs) Let me see what I can, what I can squeeze out of this turn up here. So Meryl Streep's performance is amazing. With Anne Hathaway, this role was a little bit more of the same. I do feel that, especially when it comes to her other iconic role in Princess Diaries. And the fact that this movie introduced us to Emily Blunt, I really, that always makes me smile to think future Mary Poppins was was a brat in the Devil's Wears <laughs> I still love that snap she gives her when she, when, she, when Miranda summons Andy to her office. Uh, Emily was the best. Hilarious. That's all we have today. Time for Hidden Gems. All right, guys. I have two Hidden Gems this week. My first one is on Apple TV+. Plus. It is called Bad Sisters. This show centers on the Garvey sisters who are being investigated by a life insurance company when one of their husbands dies. Dark comedy set in Ireland. New episodes drop on Fridays. Five are out so far. It's an interesting premise. It's very character driven, which I love and enjoy. And there's a lot of complexity in terms of family dynamics. So I'm all in on this series. My second hidden gem, Buy My House on Netflix, hosted by our girl, Nina Parker. Six episodes in which four real estate gurus Shark Tank style here pitches from homeowners selling their properties. This is right up my alley. Y'all know I love real estate, home makeover, all those shows. The guy from Redfin reminded me of Mr. Rogers, but I still liked the panel and I liked the concept of the show. So I definitely recommend it. And those are my two hidden gems for this week. Delora, what are yours? I just have one this week. It's it's one of the 30 books I've read since my birthday. Uh, <laughs> rom-com per use actually not per use because I've actually have gone down other lanes recently but I'll bring it up again it's fun woman of color this novel is called the worst best man it's by Mia Sosa it follows a afro-latina 
and her dealings with two brothers, one former fiance and his brother. And it's a workplace frenemies to lovers trope. It made me smile so much and it was actually well written. So what I've been able to determine in this, you know, jumping back into the literary world is there are some stories that are great stories, but not well written. And then there's mm. things that are well written, but the stories are kind of blah. Yeah. This one was cute, light and fluffy and well written. I mentioned the Spanish love deception before that story was great and cute and adorable, but the writing was, is only so many times you can say ocean blue eyes for me. And I'm just like, sis, what are we, what are we doing with uh, these metaphors? So <laughs> 50 shades of gray got that like that for me. Super Yo. redundant writing. Super redundant. Yo, I never made it to the third book. There's only so many ways you can talk about someone climaxing um <laughs> particular book came out in 2020 and again super happy to come across it because you know in this world of romance especially from the literary side finding women of color and stories that center black and brown women is just always it always brings me joy and i wanted to highlight that so that's all I got this week. Ashley, thank you very much for this lovely recap, especially of this throwback of a movie that we both love so, so much. Absolutely. Love talking back on the mic. Love getting back into it with you and with you guys. If you guys have any thoughts on this throwback, Devil Wears Prada, feel free to reach out to us on all the things, yes, yes, including yes. YouTube, guys. We are on the YouTube. So... You know, we'll see you guys on Thursday. I'm sure there's plenty to chat about and we will get into it. Then, see you next time. Bye!